My name is Jamie Serafi, founder and creative director of Cool Choir, a group of non-auditioned adult rock and pop choirs in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to our Cool Choir podcast, Cool Chats, profiling the personal stories of some of our members across the city. You can find more information on Cool Choir at coolchoir.com or by following us on our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cool Chats Cool Choir podcast. The date is Friday, May 24th, 2019, and I am really happy to be introducing you to Marielena Nunez. Have I pronounced that correctly? Yeah, very well. I practiced hard beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marielena is actually one of our original Cool Choir members who started at Cool Choir, um, I think back in, well, it would have been January, towards the end of January 2016. Um, And uh, Marielena originally comes from Venezuela, and I'm really excited to talk about our friendship today on this podcast and some of the the lovely memories that we've had not just as director member but actually away from choir and in sort of being introduced to lots of wonderful fun um adventures uh mostly food related but we'll talk about that later (laughs) so marilena welcome to the podcast how are you thank you so much for having me here I love to be with you uh, here, and I want to people to know that I'm the president of your fan club. Uh, that's an organization I have invented since I joined Cool Choir, and I'm a real advocate for Cool Choirs and Jamie Serafi. Wow, I'm not sure how to respond to that. You're probably the only one. <laughs> no, I don't care, but we have a fan, a fan club, and for sure all the members can relate to this. I'm like this stuff from the UK. It's called Marmite. Have you tried Marmite? Oh, yeah. Yes, it's like you, they, and they they actually market Marmite as in you either love it or hate it. And I think I'm a bit like that. Uh, (laughs) I love Marmite and I love you. Now, we're actually joined by two other people today. Well, of the feline kind. I don't know. My cat Oreo and uh, Trixie are in the room as well. And Oreo's a bit on fire today. I don't mean literally on fire, obviously, um, but she's jumping around the table, around the microphones, and now Trixie's trying to speak. So we'll we'll try and ignore ignore the meowing in the background, and we'll uh, get started. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were just saying that you joined Cool Choir in January. Oh well, it would have been later than that, probably February, March, twenty sixteen. Yes. And um, I know from previous conversations that for you joining Cool Choir has actually been quite helpful to you shall we say linguistically in many ways and not only linguistically it it has been a source of self-esteem and also um, a social uh, companion every single week I look forward to that meeting and I it it started very you know it was like an accident my daughter had um, admin assistant at the airport. She used to work for the local authority at the airport. And she was doing a rehearsal with you in, at Hillshurst. I pronounce it incorrectly. Hill, no, Hillhurst. Hillhurst. No, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. So uh, I went there, and when I saw Sweet Child of Mine being performed and everyone having a great time, I thought, I want to belong here. And my daughter said, that's why I brought you here, because I know that this would be the perfect fit for you. And that's how my cool choir story started. Uh, I thought it was an amazing experience from the beginning, and it has been like that for all the years I have been with you. So I 
I highly recommend this, not only for people whose English is not the first language, for everyone, because I find that every time we do the final, you know, rehearse of, uh, rehearsal of a song, it's that power and energy that comes from every one of us, that it's a healing power. So you really are a magician, you know, trying to make us feel well. Well, that's very kind. We're not here to talk about me, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's and interesting. You were talking about obviously English not being your your first language, and I was saying I said to you previously. For me, I don't even hear your accent because because you me, love me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm biased. Of course, I'm biased. But but actually, um, I think you do speak extremely clear English. And uh, how did you come to learn? English for the, in Venezuela? The thing is that in Venezuela, uh, you have to study English during all your primary school years and then in high school. And all the textbooks and technical writings are in English. So one way or the other, you have to learn. So when I came here, uh, even though I was tested with the IELTS, that is a standardized I know Test. I had to do it as well. Can yeah, you I, but you speak English. I don't. <laughs> Tell me so, about it. <laughs> so I had to take the IELTS, and you have to have a certain, a certain uh, grade score. Yeah, uh, yeah, as a score, and I, I passed the score, and that's one of the reasons I'm here. So I wonder whether you did the same IELTS test as me because I had to do, there's different levels of IELTS. There's the academic IELTS and then there's the sort of the standard IELTS. I, I, I did the standard. I did the standard one as well. Yeah. And I bet you scored better than me. Oh, uh, I scored 8888. Oh, okay. You did better than me in one of those, at least one of those. I did the best in the speaking. Are you surprised? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> in, fact, in fact, this poor woman didn't know how to respond. We sat in a room and even she looked at me and she said, this is absolutely ridiculous. She said to me, what is your name? And I said, my name is Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very wrong of me to kind of mock the whole thing. But I think about five minutes in, she realized that this whole notion that I had to do an English test to move to a country where, you know, the first language was basically English. The thing is, I think it's the regulations. It's bureaucracy, I'd say. Yeah, I think. And also you have, uh, this is very interesting that you're saying that because when you become, if you want to have the permanent residency visa, you have to go to a certain, people ask me, how did you get here? It took me five years to get here because you have to fulfill many requirements before you come here. It's very different from what people think. Some people who applied for the permanent resident visa, they have to learn the language. For me, I, I was very fortunate that I, I liked English since I was a young child. And I love, I know you don't like them, but uh, I like the Beatles. And I wanted to learn what the songs were saying because I could you know, liked the music, but I didn't know what they were saying. So I wanted, one of my aunts was from California, and I would ask her, could you write down the words for me? And I would repeat them without knowing what I was singing. But it was something fantastic, fantastic for me, because I could relate to another culture or dream big. And I remember I would tell my parents, oh, I'm going to travel the world. And they say, yeah, okay. You are going to travel the world. You have to study, young lady, because otherwise, and we're very, we were very fortunate in Venezuela, education is for free. So you could do even university and graduate school for free. 
So I was very fortunate. I think I'm a miracle. Well, I have to agree with that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going, what I was going to say is, so it's interesting. So even before you, before the notion of joining a choir to kind of help you linguistically, you even a long time before that, you kind of uh, focused on the notion of using Beatles songs as a bit of a platform as well. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's it was a way for me. I wouldn't say escape, but it was a way to relate to a different thing and to dream and dream big. Yeah, that, that was my way. What brought you to Canada from Venezuela? I, I've, I've heard it's a beautiful country um, and I, I've never been. I would like to go. I've never been. To, I've traveled the world, but I haven't been to the South American continent at all yet. So it's on my list. But what brought you over here to well, Canada? There are two uh, phases of my life here in Canada. I, stay, I started, um, I did a master's degree in late, the late 70s in educational technology. So I came to Montreal as a part of an agreement between the Canadian government and the Venezuelan government. So we were, th that was a huge plan that uh, had students from Venezuela with low resources, high resources, they only had to be good students. And I was very fortunate and I arrived in Montreal. So I did my master's degree and when I finished, I went to work for five, six months in Venezuela and I got another scholarship to study in England. I was going to do my PhD in London and uh, I only could finish my master's degree because I had two more degrees, Julian, my son, and Marielle, my daughter. So I couldn't finish my PhD, but I had another master's degree. Wow. So you're basically an extremely highly educated woman. <laughs> wow. Well, you think Which you just do's anyway at the best of times, <laughs> let's be honest. And actually talking of education, um, so you your background actually is that you you're you're an author by profession. Yeah. Yeah. So tell I us write books. A little bit about your your writing, either past or present, because I think that's extremely fascinating. My I always love to write stories and I'm a storyteller. And um, when I lived in England, I had the opportunity, well, my son was born there and Marielle was almost born there. And I had the opportunity to meet for the first time something I didn't know. And they are called in England, not here, the batch flower remedies or back flower remedies as we know them here. And uh, my midwife introduced me to them. So I started studying about the backflower remedies. When I got to Venezuela, I started to have a liaison with the Batch Center in the UK. And I thought, what about if I can start writing something for people to understand what's this uh, method of healing yourself, emotionally speaking? So I started writing and I liked it so much because I had written stories before that I produced three books on the topic that are official textbooks for that organization in the UK. But also I started writing stories about children, about emotions, about women and how we see the world. And uh, they are very well known in the Latin American region. And actually, you may be surprised to hear this. I know all about bark flower remedies 
because I first of all I used to um, buy those in the UK when I lived there and in the first six months I came to Canada I actually went out one day looking for bark flower remedies and I did find them here and they come in like a yellow packaging um, and because in the UK I used to take the pastels um, which would come in like a tin round tin a click tin it's pretty cool actually well i'm a registered practitioner are you yes i and had no idea it's not and a, a I funny was, connection Gosh. and i was the first registered practitioner in this area of canada in the west canada and i'm the guardian there are five guardians in the world i'm the guardian in spanish no. i i keep the heritage and tradition of the therapy for That's why I travel so much to Latin America, because I train trainers and I also teach courses in the three levels. I'm really amazed that this is coming out in the podcast, that we haven't, this hasn't come up between us in conversation. No. You know, the times that we've spent together over the last few years. Um, I I found, I don't know the science behind any of it, or if there is any science, but I do know that I used to take these, uh, put these drops on my tongue before going to sleep. and, And I felt that it did clear my head. Um, of all of those kind of thoughts that keep us awake and and actually having had a sleepless night last night I'm thinking I need to I need to source some more of these and maybe you know give another try again well well, I find that they are amazing I have been using them for 35 years now oh the age of my son my children are called (laughs) almost uh, my age as well my children (laughs) let's not go there yeah yeah My, my children are called batch babies because in here they are called back babies batch babies and julian my son did the illustrations for two of my books the children's book and uh the general knowledge book gosh and and i've met julian and i've met marielle obviously and they are very well balanced beautiful beautiful (laughs) human beings just like their mother i have to say um and actually i'm i met them when we came we were so kindly invited um to your I think it was your birthday celebration. Yes. Um, and it was a bit of a, uh, it was a bit of a, a cuisine feast, really, of Venezuela. Um, and that brings us quite nicely on to what I was talking about at the beginning, that um, I must tell you all that Marilena has introduced me to the delights of Venezuelan cuisine and, and actually took, on one occasion, we went to this place uh, in downtown Calgary. Um, Heaven. Heaven, Artis- Heaven Artisan, is that yeah. right? Um, and uh, if you haven't been to Heaven Artisan, I'm not, I'm not on commission, I'm not endorsing them, but if you want a, a very unusual um, and very tasty, delightful, uh, experience in international cuisine heaven artisan and we were introduced through marielena to the delights of the uh, i would say the kind of uh, stand not standard that's the wrong word to use but no it's standard everyone eat arepas arepa that's yeah. the word yeah. arepa the standard arepa yeah um, and you were telling me that actually in venezuela they they are um, gluten-free is that correct yeah we need we never knew we were eating gluten-free because in Venezuela, you have wheat, but it's not wheat like you could have in Canada or in Argentina. There are, you know, amazing uh, plains with uh, wheat. We have corn. So everything is done with corn or roots instead of bread. Because that was what the original uh, habitants of the country would eat. You know, like the indigenous people will eat no wheat, but other things so arepas are a part of our life and there are restaurants for arepas 
and this restaurant you mentioned, it's kind of that thing, uh, but in there, it's like an arepa bar. You choose your filling. And because of the way Venezuelans are, we have this thing that we call everyone, every type of filling has a name. Like when you had black beans and cheese, because it's white cheese, fresco cheese, we call that domino. Okay. But if you had shredded beef and cheddar, it will be the blonde. You know, it's always a name related to the food. Maybe it would be nice to actually tell people what what an arepa is and, and well, tell just tell them, describe what an arepa is because we, we haven't done that yet and they might be thinking, well, well what is okay. an arepa? An arepa, it's made of corn flour, but not the corn flour you use probably for baking. It's a coarse maize flour and it's pre-cooked. So that's why when you put a little bit of water that you need, it's the same ratio of water and flour. You make a dough, like a tortilla dough, the Mexican one. Ours is more delicious, of course. Uh, <laughs> and you make a filling that could be, basically we eat avocado with everything. And we Love put, avocado. you know, we can put any filling there and you eat it. And it's like a democratic kind of food. Rich people eat it, millionaires eat it. So there's no difference in, you know, who eats arepas. So it's very interesting because it's part of the Venezuelan life. My favorite filling that I've experienced was the, the chicken salad filling. That oh, was we call it my, the, the call dotted queen. Oh, well, but that you know can't what? be a coincidence, can it? <laughs> yeah, the dotted queen. And you know why? Because there was this Miss Universe. You know that Venezuela is known because of oil and Miss Universe and Miss World. And there was this Miss Universe that went to a place to have an arepa because there are huge restaurants that serve that. And she was dressed with that polka dot dress. So the man that was creating her arepa, he was feeling her arepa, she, he said, well, this will be the dotted queen. And it, was, it happened to be chicken salad and avocado. Wow. It's delicious. I, that's all I, I, whatever the historic story of it is. It's, it's, and, I, and I, you know, we now, thanks to you introducing us to this, because it, for anybody out there that wants to have a go, um, you can actually buy this corn flour. Now the company's called Pan. Yeah. Um, and you can, and we're doing a lot of product endorsement today. We've got to stop all this product endorsement. <laughs> but, um, but the the main kind of, you know, yeah, uh, company you, is you called Pan. Yeah, you buy it any place. It, you can buy it in Superstore, yeah. in Sobeys, and, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, in many places, um, yeah. And, and it is... I mean, I'm really, I really am not very good in the kitchen, but even I can do it. I mean, you, you know, you buy this, this flour and you add water and you add a, a bit of salt and it very it. quickly becomes this almost like a bread dough. Um, and the only thing that I haven't quite perfected is, is the cooking process. Yeah. I've, when I came to your place for these arepas, you had it all puffed out and it was all beautiful and you could fill it like a sandwich, but I haven't quite mastered that still. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but oh, there's, there's, we can do we can make one, and I'll show you. The thing is that you have to make a ball, then you f flatten it with yes. your hands. Then when it has like one centimeter uh, width, then you put it in the pan, and it creates like a crust, both sides, and you can leave it there and cover it, or you could put it in the oven. Okay. So this became a you know a recipe production <laughs> well but then all the fillings because again when you did these you had all these you had about five or six different different fillings all most yeah. three or four of which you've just described and yeah um i suppose 
like many people, I'm a foodie. I just love, love, love international food and things. And which is interesting because I'm a very picky eater. Are you oh, a picky really? eater? Uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. There are things that I don't enjoy, but <laughs> most of the things I, I can enjoy. So, going back to the choir for a moment. Now, you've obviously you've you know you've often sent me sort of various uh, opinions and communications about um, you know the choir uh, and kind of the singing side of it and and. And how it makes you feel, etc. Um, and you, you know, you, you kind of, you're such an advocate of the mental health benefits of singing. Um, and oh yeah. I, I just wondered if you could share a little bit about. Um, it's that. not only about me- mental health. I think it's a, a wholesome health. Uh, with the choir, I have found, and uh, again, English is not my first language. And when I approached cool choir through my daughter, I thought. Well, this will be an amazing opportunity for me to speak more fluently and to type of um, polish my accent so people will understand me clearly. Because when I came here, I came from the UK and many people couldn't understand the words I was using. And I thought, well, Welcome this is my world. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine me that English is not my language and having with a different accent. So people would stop, what? And I thought, cool choir could help me with this. And I'm not shy in Spanish, but because I'm a public speaker in Spanish, but I am not in English. So I thought this will be the opportunity. So for me, this is more than only singing. It's a tool for self-esteem. And also, you have so many wonderful people that you can talk every single night and learn from everyone. And at the same time, we're listening to your stories, to your jokes, learning something. They're not planned. No, I know. They are spontaneous. (laughs) But everything we do, it's so amazing that I was trying to explain to my doctor, my family doctor. He would ask me, how do you do your sleeping because I know that you sleep very well. And I said, well, first of all, I go every single Thursday to cool choir. But apart from that, I listen to all the files, the, the audio files, Jamie singing, and I'm repeating all you know the songs in my head every single night until I get to sleep. Until you need therapy. No, no. Because, you know, then my children have a joke with that. I used to have to do that with Chopra. And I, you know, Deepak Chopra, he's a doctor and he does meditations. And every time he starts speaking, I go like, I sleep profoundly and I don't know what happened there. However, with listening to all the songs, it it had helped me quite a lot to improve my memory, to improve my, you know, my mental state, my, I'm smiling all the time at work. I work at U of C at the University of Calgary. And people ask me, why are you smiling? Because I'm thinking of a joke you told us at night or something that happened or when we were, you know, rehearsing something that I can connect with something else. I use words from the songs to express myself. And people said, no, you have no problem with fluency. Of course, I'm repeating a song. I can, I can repeat, you know, you've got a friend and I could make, you know, a speech. And people think, oh, but you're very good. And I said, no, that's Jamie. Who's oh, good. please. <laughs> well, it, well, I actually feel guilty because, you know, you, well, first of all, for those that are listening, I, I, I think 
everybody listening to this podcast would agree with me that that you know you have to stop kind of denouncing yourself and your English and your lack of you know you keep you keep sort of repeating these statements about English is not my first language. Your English is absolutely pristine. It's like it's pristine English. Like I like there there's no you 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 speak English better than I do, and I I you know you've got to stop sort of telling the world that English is not my first language. We know it's not your first language, but you do speak perfect perfect English now I feel guilty because going back to the whole thing about the songs and we were talking earlier on we've been learning learning this new song this week called another brick in the wall and there was one particular line we don't need no education yeah and and, and, and it's like for those that don't have English as a first language now you're sort of reading that and thinking oh okay uh, maybe I've been learning this incorrectly or maybe this is how to speak English but now we're into the realms of um, what I would say um, kind of uh, local dialects within a particular country and how they speak and as I was saying down south um, the people you know would say they, they might say we don't need no education which is we don't need any education it's all quite ironic don't you think (laughs) (laughs) you see the other song and i would love people who has who have english not as a first language to join the choir because if this has made so much for me even in very dark hours it can help so many people that's music (laughs) that's music it's uplifting it's therapeutic it's powerful. Have you had a chance to watch the, the documentary that I sent out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I always remember, if you can speak, you can sing. And uh, I wanted to tell you something, not only because I admire so much your work, because we come like raw wood when we start one day. You know, when we start a new song, it's like raw wood. You know, like there is a piece of wood. And then when we finish you have created a beautiful piece of furniture or a new utensil. So you can make magic. And I think we're part of that potion that you are creating. And every single one, it's so committed to learn what you're saying or what you're teaching. Well, first of all, thank you very much for that. I don't know what it is that I do. I just kind of do it. Like the breath, the breaths that we take, I don't really think about it. We just, we just do it. And what I do believe, and it maybe maybe sounds a bit corny, but what I do believe is that everybody has the ability to be 50 times, you know, more than what they think they are. Not than what they are, but what they think they are. And I think that's an interesting kind of separation, if you like. Um, and, and so all I try to do is, is really pull the best out of people and, and give them experiences that they will kind of remember in their dying breaths and what better place to do it than a choir the fulfillment for choir and director is is overflowing really it's life-changing for everybody and i always tell people if you want a different experience in life join cool choir because this is an amazing experience it's about engagement it's about love it's about friendship it's about learning and you are so so you know you understand how adult learners learn because you do it so well. It's not about teaching children. It's the andragogical way of teaching. And you I don't got know what that, that means, Marilena. Oh, that means the <laughs> principles of teaching adults. Instead of pedagogical, it's andragogical. It's how to teach adults. And you know it. 
and you're doing it well. And we're all, the best thing is that we're enjoying it. Well, that's the main thing. And I always try this, try to make this so much more than, quote, just a choir. For me, you know, there's plenty of choirs where it's just a choir. But for me, cool choir, it has to be an extremely kind of fulfilling spiritual experience uh, for everybody. It's an, a spiritual experience. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, before both you and I break down in tears here, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it has been a wonderful joy and pleasure to have you on the podcast and i hope you've enjoyed it as well oh i enjoyed it two pieces i loved it thank (laughs) Thank you you. so much for having me and thank you so much to all the people who are listening because they are part of my story too thank you thank you for tuning into cool chats today we'll be back soon with another episode profiling the personal stories of another member or members of our cool choir community across calgary alberta canada until then Remember to sing loud and proud, everyone. Oh, yeah.